It was the dawn of the podcast age, 12 years before the Earth pandemic. A dream was given form, a place where science fiction and fantasy readers could work out their differences peacefully. Our last best hope for a good read. The name of the podcast is Sword and Laser. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support. everyone. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And food. Don't forget we talk a lot about food. We do happen to talk a lot about food. Tom, what are you nomming? I just had some eggplant caponata with sausage. Oh, excellent. Did you, was that homemade or was that your, uh, you always ask this. You always ask I know this. I don't, cause I, <laughs> I don't have a, this was I'm a very unoriginal. This was a Tavala. I always feel like it I'm going to get it, caught it out when is. it's a Tavala meal. Is yeah. that bad? I don't think well, that's bad. We tend to record on Wednesdays and we tend to use the Tavala meals on Wednesdays. I think partly because I'm going to record. So Eileen's like, well, let's just do Tavala then. Cause it's fast. Um, mm. well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we've got some nomming nomming things from the audience, the live Ooh, audience. Tamahome yeah. um, says Korean bread? Question I mark. I think that was, was asked about your what food, was, yeah, what you eating, were eating. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, licorice had pizza in their uni. I have been eyeballing the uni for quite a while now. Um, Ryan said that if I if I committed to becoming like pizza expert level, the way he is with coffee, then we could justify the cost. And like the setup, but he is like high level coffee nerd. And I just don't know if I have it in me to, I like, I really like pizza, but I don't know if I need to like get that. I'm, this is going to sound awful. I'm over being good at things. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I'm good at, I'm good at some things. I'm not trying to say I don't want to be, I'm like, I'm good at some things. I'm kind of done trying to be the best at other things. Like, there you, you know, know, good enough like good it. enough. I, I totally vibe. Uh, Coyote Brown had tonkatsu curry. Ooh, that's um, good. Dwango had ham and cheddar soda bread. Oh, that sounds good. Y'all yeah. make me hungry again. I know. I have been making um, the, the hot ticket item around my home these days are energy balls. <laughs> Excuse um, me. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> you um, heard me. <laughs> and energy balls are, so my son is, he's not, into picky eating territory. That's like a whole separate like. I was imagine your son's little ball of energy, but that's not what you're talking about. No, 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 no. Uh, but he is in a phase of like he won't try certain things unless they look a certain way. Yeah, I gotcha. He moved into that stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of beige carbohydrates <laughs> and like <laughs> that kind of stuff, um, which is fine. And uh, so I started. I, I was there's this website slash community called, um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting what they're called? Solid starts that I've been using since he was a tiny baby to get him onto the baby led weaning thing, like Mm -hmm. teaching him how to eat food. Gotcha. And they have like a toddler lesson plan, um, which includes lunch ideas and snack ideas. And it has this huge PDF full of energy balls and they're just different combinations of food that you can mix into ball form. Mm-hmm. And then he <laughs> and, likes it because it's a ball. And he likes it because yeah. it's like a ball. Uh-huh. And they all they all have like a component of rolled oats, a fruit of some kind, mm-hmm. and like a natural sweetener. 
and like, you know, flaxseed and like Mm -hmm. healthy things, hemp seed, that kind of stuff. And he's obsessed with them. And so every morning he comes downstairs and he's like, even though he doesn't get them for breakfast, he's like, energy balls. <laughs> I need energy balls. I'm like, I don't know if you do, yeah, sir. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you do, man. I friend. don't know if you do, friend. Yeah. Um, so that's, so, but they're great because he he loves them and they do have a lot of healthy things in them. And Tomorrow it's, it's very when funny. he does that, uh, just say, sir, this is a Wendy's. This is a Wendy's. No, <laughs> see, see what he says. <laughs> he would he would go. What's Wendy? <laughs> that's what he would do. That's, that's what he would do. Yeah. All right. Um, um, so energy balls. Yeah. That's what you're nomming. That's that's they are delicious. Really? They sound fair. pretty good. Yeah, I'm not really gonna lie. Good. Yeah. And they're no bake. You don't have to do. You just uh, ball them into easy. little balls. Put yeah. them in the fridge, and they're ready to go. Uh, delicious. Yeah. He only eats food in ball form. <laughs> it's, it's a phase. It's a horrible thing to say about my daughter. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else? I uh, don't think so. No. All right. All right. Let's jump into the quick burns. Not licorice and Seth uh, were the two folks who let us know the sad news uh, that Shadow and Bone is no longer going to be made by Netflix. Lee Bardugo shared that she was heartbroken and deeply disappointed about the cancellation penned a note on Instagram that confirmed there would be no season three, uh, no Six of Crows spinoff, no more Grishaverse on Netflix. Yeah, too bad. Um, I I had already canceled Netflix before the second season, so I never actually saw the second season. But I heard it was pretty good. I liked the first season. I was like, you know, excited for that kind of content. It's it's a bummer. It's always a bummer when anything like yeah. that people are stoked on and has like a whole wealth of background and content to farm for it. You know, it's like, oh, that feels like it could have been, you know, a yeah. good thing. It is a shame. I did not watch season two, so I'm part of the problem. Uh, mm. But season one was really good. And apparently, uh, there weren't as many people watching season two as season one. So hmm. these things happen. These things are going to happen. I wonder, you know? you know, I wonder if it was, t- well, I have no idea. This is more of a cord killers conversation, but yeah, my, my so. understanding is that a lot of people left Netflix. Like Netflix has been having a harder Netflix time holding on to record, subscribers. Netflix has had record subscriber growth. Oh yeah. Really? <laughs> there was a, there was a downtick in some regions uh, temporarily last year, and then it bounced right back. And they did all those layoffs and everything. Because I, all right, wow, okay. Yeah, well, don't believe everything you I read on, on the internet. This is why I have you on the show <laughs> for the facts. Facts. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's a lot more people saying they're going to do things than are doing them. Is what that I see. I actually me. did it. I I canceled Netflix yeah, yeah. and I moved to Canada. <laughs> So, You're, you you do what you that? say and you say what you're going to do. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I respect that. Thank you. Well, apologies to everyone in our audience. I know a lot of people were stoked on that show. So yeah, no, hopefully. I, I guess what I, what I would try to say is like, uh, whatever you think of Netflix is fine, but anyone, including me and Veronica on Sword and Laser are not going to keep doing something if it's declining. Right. And it sounds like this was declining. And so it sucks. Um, and, and you have every right to be upset and even protest and send a letter saying you should bring it back. Um, but I also think it's not like 
Netflix Netflix has a moral obligation to do it. Um, maybe this no. is a good thing. You know, maybe maybe we'll get an even better Grisha verse uh, down the road when someone else does it. Because Shadow and Bone season one did really well, so maybe yeah. it was Netflix's fault season two didn't didn't do as well. Maybe they they didn't they do have, it right. They do have a habit of like under promoting things. They or don't like, promote things at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so, so true. I think that's, yeah. They just kind of assume you'll be in the app and they'll promote to you there, right? With the algorithm. Right. And that doesn't always work. Right. Um, uh, you know, this wasn't mentioned in Quick Burns anywhere that I saw, um, but I did read the Variety article about the new Fallout show coming. Well, um, yeah, it's is, not based on a sci-fi book, so I didn't... Okay, I didn't, <laughs> okay. I All right. That's that's why all it's right. not in the rundown, but it does okay. look... Did you see the images? The, yeah, it looks yeah, awesome. Yeah, it looks really good. But it is, it is. yeah, we don't cover gaming content all that often, but I am a, a huge fan of the Fallout universe and a character. Um, so three characters, You're a character, actually, four, all right. Four characters, technically. Yeah. Two toasters, stealth suit Mark II, <laughs> and the audio recordings of Christine. Nice. Anyway. Well done. I was Felicia Day's girlfriend. Her name was Veronica. It was very confusing. Yeah, but a fun time, nonetheless. <laughs> Good times. Um, sorry, you're right. There was a light switch. But they to- I thought they were toasters. No, they were light switches. You're right, Coyote. I don't remember anymore. That was a very long time ago. There's <laughs> another world. It's another world, another time. Uh, Rob Rader says, John Scalzi announced two new books out in 2025 on his blogs, including Old Man's War number seven. I'm going to have to catch up on Old Man's War. I they're good. He made multiples. And I had no idea he's up, up to number seven now. I think I've read, oh, read three. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell Scalzi. I know. I didn't well, know there was a series. He never listens. So. Um, <laughs> That's just my passive aggressive way of making <laughs> him right. respond to us. <laughs> he's a busy man. Okay. He he's is. a busy he's guy. He's a really busy man. Writing all these books. No kidding. Hey, speaking of busy guys, um, I saw that Brandon Sanderson has been doing a lot of TikTok content recently. Um, I should have linked to it in, in the show notes. Um, I didn't, I almost didn't recognize him though. He has like this full beard yeah. now. And I, I sent a picture to Tom and I was like, look at Brandon Sanderson. He's like, what? Like, yeah, it's Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. I'm like, but then you sent the picture from like a few years ago and I was like, oh wow. Yeah, that is, it is, there is a difference. I mean, you could different. do the same thing yeah. with me though. I, also I think it's just because like he's so he has such a like a okay this is gonna sound really condescending he has such an adorable baby face mm. without a beard mm-hmm. you mean and it in the best so way. I just like yeah. I do in the most loving way possible he has mm. a cute little baby face and cheeks that'd make me and, grow a beard <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing writing tips on TikTok and I think it's pretty cool yeah very so cool. that was just what that was about yeah. Uh, TRP notes that Jill Barrup, uh, actor, combatant, and YouTuber, developed a series of, f- well, I can't read it now. I, I didn't do that. There you <laughs> developed go. Developed a series. <laughs> Veronica deleted it in the middle of my I read just to undermine me. <laughs> I did not. Um, <laughs> uh, where was I? Developed a series of fantasy heroine YouTube shorts, uh, which are hilarious where an author and her novel's protagonist argue about the way the story is going, uh, and now has written a novel based on the series called Just Stab Me Now. It will be published in February 2024, available for pre-order on sites uh, around the internet. 
And as of today, uh, whenever this was posted by TRP anyway, it was number five on the Barnes & Noble Top 100 just with the pre-orders. Wow, nice. Yeah, I watched I watched some of the videos there. They're quite funny. It was definitely giving fourth wing, but you could really say it's giving any book in that genre. Yeah. Because it's like... <laughs> Like the uh, the the enemy turned lover slash best friend romantic <laughs> interest slash et cetera et cetera. Definitely um, go check out Fantasy Heroine uh, on YouTube, and they're shorts. So if you're if you're trying to look for the longer content and and you're not finding it, that would be why I look for the shorts. Uh, and then yeah, I'm excited to uh, to check out Just Stab Me Now. I think I will check it out. Actually, yeah, I don't I don't tend to get into the. Well, is it is it fiction or is it like? Well, it's got to be fiction. It's yeah, fiction. I think it's. I think <laughs> Never it's, mind. That was like a really stupid. I think question. the YouTube shorts are also fiction. I don't know if. Yeah, you, they are. Yeah, they are. They super are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a dumb question. I meant. I guess more meant. Never mind. I don't know what I meant. I'm very tired. Like very no, tired. I think I know what you're talking about. You were, you were like, it's not a book about the making of the YouTube shorts. Like, here's my life mm. as a YouTuber making the shorts. Is that what you? Yeah, were t- I don't think I don't think I meant that. Oh, I okay. guess I more meant. <laughs> no, I don't know what you meant. Is but. it? I think I more meant like. I have no idea what I meant. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. Just, let's just move on. <laughs> that makes two of um, us. <laughs> Jan says, Neil Gaiman was recently guest on the Script Notes podcast, and for all of those that prefer to read rather than listen, they now release the transcript of the episode, which goes quite in-depth on how Gaiman writes his stories and the craft of writing in general. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then Jan also, Jan, Jan's back. Good to see Jan, like, cranking out the quick birds. Thank you, Jan. Uh, according to Deadline, Amazon MGM because Amazon owns MGM. Amazon MGM has ordered a pilot with Joseph Fiennes based on the Charlie Bone YA fantasy novels by Jenny Nimmo, and filming has already began on the pilot. Uh, Children of the Red King books tell the story of Charlie Bone and other magical descendants of the Red King and the Magical Bloor Academy. I had to look it up and make sure it wasn't a typo for Blood Academy, but it's not. It's Bloor I just really want to, you, you, you want to say it like a vampire says it. I just hit the microphone. Sorry. Um, Jan also says the imaginary worlds podcast has a nice episode recently about Hindu fantasy and talked with authors, Shavetta Thakkar, uh, Kritika Rao, H Rao, Roshani Chochki and Ram V. And there's a transcript of that as well over at the Imaginary Podcast, imaginaryworldspodcast.org. Very cool. Kev uh, wanted us to note that there is a Humble Bundle uh, where you can get 21 John Scalzi novels. Oh, Jesus. The suggested <laughs> price is $18, but you can pay what you want. So it's, you know, because it's a Humble Bundle. Uh, and that Ooh. ends somewhere around December 14th, depending on where in the world you are. Can I, as a Canadian, do this? Can you you can as a Canadian stuff? can do it. Sweet. I think. You know, I shouldn't say that. There's probably a ban on Canadians doing it. God darn it. Uh, yeah. Oh, go, all right. I don't and know. all the old man's war books are in there. So yeah, so you can catch, catch up. up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny, Tom. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. And finally, uh, not finally, but final... Final yawn uh, contribution says from NPR, Irish writer Paul Lynch won the Booker Prize for Fiction for his dystopian novel Prophet Song about a woman's struggle to protect her family in an Ireland collapsing into totalitarianism and war. And Jan uh, 
thinks that perhaps uh, he says, I kind of, what, what, what did I just say? Oh my God. I need everyone to know that I am stone cold sober Mm. and I am just literally physically exhausted from the work and motherhooding of today. Listen, folks, Um, the fact that she's here right now should should just be enough. I'm going to try that sentence over again. Yes, give it a good try. Here we go. Jan says, I kind of expect another discussion where, quote, very serious people argue that such an important and impactful work can't be labeled as something trivial as science fiction. I hate and love these conversations. Mm -hmm. I love them because every time we have one, it pushes us a little farther towards accepting that genres can be great. Right. Mm -hmm. And not just science fiction, but horror and romance and thriller and whatever one you want to think. Like the genre isn't what prevents it from being a serious work of fiction. Um, But yeah, it's a it's a long ongoing argument. I remember having it when I worked in the bookstore in the 90s, you know, about where to shelve stuff. Kurt Vonnegut, Mm, should he mm -hmm, be in sci fi mm -hmm. and mainstream literature or just mainstream literature? And the argument was, well, he's Kurt Vonnegut, so he, people will look for him in mainstream literature. And I was like, yeah, but if I'm into sci-fi, I might not know the Kurt Vonnegut sci-fi because I might think he's like some highfalutin snooty guy. So maybe we should put him in both places. I didn't for years yeah. until probably I was in my mid-20s, honestly, like didn't realize that he was considered sci-fi. Or that, yeah. Um, well, he wasn't considered or, sci-fi, like, right? But you didn't know yeah. that his stories were sci-fi until you started reading them. And you're like, right. this feels like science fiction. Yeah. It yeah. just like didn't even occur to me. Anyway, um, very interesting stuff. Yeah. Thank and you, And then, yes, uh, this is yours. Go ahead. Mantissa uh, noted that NPR has a books we love list and you can filter them by speculative fiction because it's NPR. So they, they mm. wouldn't want to just mm-hmm. say sci-fi. You got to cut up your game. Uh, but yeah, good stuff on here. Um, speaking of high quality writing in science fiction, you got uh, some familiar uh, faces here. Biography of X by Catherine Lacey. Black River Orchard by Chuck Wendig. Um, Damned If You Do, Alex Brown. Good stuff Fourth on Fourth Wing. Never heard of it. Boom. <laughs> That's your greatest pick in like years. You like well, got on I that mean, train early. I who you asked. Yeah, I did. I, mm, not really. Not according to Book Talk. I was very late. You were if, late if, for Book Talk, but you were early for the rest of the world. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who submitted stories uh, for Quick Burns. You can do so over on Goodreads.com or on our Discord um, and yes, Tamahome, I definitely read Iron Flame and I have lots of thoughts on it. So that's that's a conversation for another podcast or day. Let's jump into Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Seth wrote, liked the episode, I guess about the last episode, said, I even liked the book pick, even if oh. the book wasn't my favorite, since I wouldn't have picked it for myself. And that's half of the point of being in a book club. Thank you, Seth. Here, here. Thank you very much. Um, how do you want me, Tom, to to go about navigating I'm going to take a uh, nap and you read all 17 of the responses. 
on on the audio book uh, uh, here. Uh, no, I threw all these in here thinking we could just kind of touch on them. I I can do that if you like. No, 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 no. We can we can jump around. You I just wanna, didn't know if there was do... like a specific order left of operations right. so, here. Yeah, left to left right. right. Okay. So Jan, Tossi, like Dave, Steve, sort of Oaken. You want to alternate on them? Yeah, sure. All right, cool. I'll, I'll go now. So Jan says, uh, regarding the flowery language, I always found it interesting that it is recommended in English to always, or at least most of the time, you said in order not to draw attention to the word. While in German, it seems the opposite. At least in school, kids were always downgraded for repetitious language if they use said twice in a row. So we were always encouraged to find synonyms. I don't know if that's an English versus German thing, though, or a professional writing versus school teachings thing. How is it in different languages? Um, so, yeah, I I was always taught to try to use other synonyms personally. Or I just felt, I think, in my bones that said that saying said too often, too frequently uh, would be would be distracting or just poor writing. Tassie Davis spoused. I don't mind the author using said repeatedly in text, but I do find it annoying in audio. He effused. Tassie Dave wrote the effused one. Uh, The brain does seem to skip over it when reading, but it just seems to stand out when listening, he uttered. Mm -hmm. I'd (laughs) rather the narrator distinguish between the voices and also have a different tone for inner thought and vocal dialogue than repeatedly say said, he expressed. Yeah, it's not, I just want to be clear. It's not like we just use synonyms like, like like that in that example like most of the time you just don't say said it's just we, we got to get through the rest of them before we start laying okay, our opinions right. on people steve said steve said steve said <laughs> <laughs> i haven't listened to the podcast yet so i'm missing some context however that never stopped anyone on the internet before steve let me tell you however when i was at school in the uk a cough a few decades ago we were very much told to avoid repeated use of said. This is why I want us to get through them all, because Jan's like, I don't know, I was taught this. Tassie Dave's like, well, this is what mm-hmm. I like. Steve's like, this is how I was taught. Oaken says, it is easy to convey who is talking without even using the A verb like said. I disagree, said the man in the jaunty hat. Oaken looked at him askance. Well, then you're wrong. You missed the part where Oaken looked up. From Oaken the, looked I up. Assume. It is easy yeah. to convey who is talking without even using the verbs like said. I disagree, said the man in the jaunty hat. Oaken looked at him askance. Well, then you're wrong. Mm. And finally, Seth uh, espouses. <laughs> there were some. There was some interesting talk about this last time they interviewed Babaverse author Dennis E. Taylor. At least I think I remember there was. We? Us? When we interviewed him? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. He was saying that he even tried to write a different version for the audiobook author that left out rep- repetitious saids to make it less jarring. I think he concluded it was too cumbersome to pull off, but it's interesting. Certainly, when listening, I'd rather just have the narrator do a different voice and tone to denote each character than for them to read all of the saids. Like Tazzy Dave, when I'm reading, I don't really care. I'm much more likely to be thrown out of a narrative by she expostulated than even 50 she saids in a row. I am in the camp of I was taught, and maybe this is a writing thing uh, versus a, you know, school thing, you know, a school writing thing. This is a, a creative writing thing, possibly. But I was taught, avoid said, do not replace it. So mm-hmm. try to do what Oaken was saying. Uh, Oaken looked at him askance. Well, then you're wrong. Uh, do the thing where if there's two people talking, you just don't have to say he said, they said, she said, any of it. 
because it's alternating. So people will know, oh, that's the next person to talk. Um, you know, <laughs> I've had that problem reading, though, in text in books where I lose track of. Yeah, I have to. Honestly, I, I definitely have. But but yeah. that's that's what I was taught is you shouldn't try to make synonyms for he, 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 he they said uh, you should use other ways of replacing it so that it's not constant. So if you have five pieces of dialogue in a row, it's not, they said, he said, they said, he said, just drop it or do what Oaken did and find another way to write it so that you are introducing who's speaking without having to use the word said. Right. Right. And I think that's more what I meant when I was, now I can't say the word said when I'm trying to explain like what I previously said. Um, She said, when I said synonyms, I think I more meant more what you said. Like writing, like cre- yeah. changing the writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you do, as everyone- Using context cues. As, yeah. as everyone demonstrated with their use of synonyms, it sounds weird. He espoused. True. Very true. That's going to be an ear, a brain worm now. Every time I say the word said, I'm going to be like, dick. Ooh, another trick- is to use words that emphasize a change in tone, right? Veronica shouted, hey, come in here for dinner Mm -hmm. is better than Mm -hmm. Veronica said, come in here for dinner really loudly. Come in here for dinner, he growled. Yeah, yeah. He eyed the the book with- Warily. I don't like the looks of that book. (laughs) Don't say he eyed. I got in trouble for that in Boiling Point. It's like every, everybody's eyeing things everywhere. Why is everyone oh, always eyeing eyed. things? <laughs> I, my my favorite one that I cannot picture in books is when someone sucks their teeth. Oh yeah, like yeah, like what is that supposed to be? I, have, I don't I think know. It's if supposed I, to be this. Oh, like you know, like that? a like a like an expression of you know. I don't know. I think that's what it is, though. Or like, um, yeah, that one. That one always gets me because I feel like I don't know what that's. Yeah, it doesn't. To be. I'm not sure exactly what it means. <laughs> and I see it a lot in books. Uh, chat says it's kind of like a cringe. Like a cringe look. Like that? Is that it? Is that I think, it? I think it's supposed to be that, but there's so many ways. Those that can mean so many different things. He sucked his teeth is not enough. Yeah. <laughs> she she yeah. said. Anyway, she said. Um, I said what I said. She said, that's the name of the episode. Good. Cause I actually did say that earlier. That is literally what you said. It yeah. came out of your mouth in exactly that way. Okay. All right. Um, well, we've got some book stuff to talk oh, about. Oh, very briefly. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go Ian, ahead. uh, wrote for the record, real bread does not have sugar in it which then kicked off a long debate of people saying, no, 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 real bread does have sugar in it, just not too much sugar. Wonder Bread has too much sugar, but a lot of bread can still be bread with the sugar. And then people were arguing whether bread with sugar was a definitional thing in certain countries where if you put sugar in the bread, that makes it not be bread anymore. And some people said, no, you can have a little bit of sugar even in that bread. If you have too much sugar, then it's not defined as bread. It was a fun conversation. You should look at it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Lots of, lots of, I mean, bread is something that people are very passionate about. It is a, you know, around the world, a staple of, mm. of so many cultures and cuisines. Rub and, and rice. People have very different opinions about 
how it should be done and how it is best done. Um, so yeah, great, great conversation. Okay, let's. Uh, we've got books to wrap up. We've got books to kick off. Shall we start with the non-spoilery discussion of our December book pick? Indeed, indeed. Uh, that way you can you can hear our kickoff of the December pick. Uh, it is Kings of the Wild, the first book in a trilogy called The Band. Uh, it is by Nicholas Ames. Uh, Nicholas Ames is uh, a writer that, um, I don't know, it's pretty good, honestly. Uh, <laughs> he, he wrote this book uh, along and published it along with a playlist. Um, I don't know. Veronica, you explain this because the book is okay. about a band. And it's very much a band, like we would think a rock band. And there's a playlist okay, of yeah. like classic rock that goes yeah. with it. But the band and the book are assassins. They are not. They're not assassins. <laughs> okay, they're All not right, assassins. So but is, they're warriors. Yeah. So it's it's funny, yes, because the the aesthetic of the book and the cover and the vibe is very much like a like a hair metal band or a metal band or. A rock and roll band. Like a Led Zeppelin, um, something like that. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they, in this world, um, bands are really more like bands of mercenaries or there mercs. You go. That's a good, that's a good word. And so they're, they're hired teams. Um, there has been, uh, in this world, they are uh, kind of like overrun with monsters and baddies and ancient foes, uh, like, previous civilizations on this world who are now, you know, trying to rise again. And there is a, um, an area of this world called the wild, which is basically a very untamed, extremely dangerous forest. Um, and so this particular band, uh, which is called Saga, and they have names like bands too, like the mercenary packs are, you know, anywhere from between like three to 10 people and they come into a town and they do like uh they do like the shows essentially where they'll like go into coliseums and like fight these monsters and like you know women are like throwing their bras at them and it's very much like the vibe of like a band coming to town and like playing a huge concert but they're mercenary bands but yeah so it's it's very funny because like all the references and all like the 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 way that they're treated by people are like oh my god you're you're the the lead guy from Saga like what was that like back when you were on tour of the wilds like 10 years ago and so it's very much like that um yeah. And there's a lot and, of double entendre when they describe their warriorness. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's a, there was some. There's a leading man. Yeah. There's yeah, like a, yeah. you know. There was something um, about drumming, meaning beating people's heads, but, you know, also drumming. So there's stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. They all have their instruments, a sec, you know, instruments of death or whatever. Um, and so it's, it's just fun. It's fun. It's, it's, and it's, it's quite funny. And it's, uh, the story is told through the eyes of clay who, uh, they're all like elders now, effectively, yeah. like uh, probably stones. in their fifties, okay, you know, like age, not younger. quite that old. No. They're not quite that old. Uh, their fighters. heyday was like 20 <laughs> years ago, 19 years ago. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're, they're, they've seen better days, but they're back at it again. They're going back on tour um, to, for very noble reasons and getting the band back together. Yeah. Why did you pick this? (sighs) Honestly, like 
I saw the album art. Uh-huh. I said album art. The, the cover <laughs> oh, art. God, yeah. The no, cover that's art. Perfectly appropriate in this case. And it looked really, I was like, what is that? And something about it, just like reading the description of it, I was like, this sounds very different from anything I've ever read. And that is true, except it give it's kind of like if if the blade itself was crossed with the humor almost of the Bobaverse, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't really know how else to describe it. And yeah, yeah, someone mentioned, I think Tamahome mentioned the Witcher in there too. There's a little bit of that. A little bit of little Witcher, a little wink vibes. of the Witcher in there. But yeah, yeah, it's got a very Joe Abercrombie feel to the characters. To the characters, the, the way the characters not talk. Quite, not as dark. No, it's definitely, I mean, it's the world is actually the quite dark, dark, but the- the interactions with the world are not very exactly. not that dark. Yeah. Well, the way is written is just not very dark, so no. it doesn't have that vibe. But that's like it. there's still that's lots it. of murder and death and killing yeah. of monsters and people getting dismembered, but it's not it's not really graphic. It's mm-hmm. more it's it's funny. It's got a helps. little scalzy in it, even. Yeah, I could see that actually. Because Old yeah. Man's War could be written really dark and serious oh and awful, right? Oh, my God. Tamahome, right? Tamahome just said the Bob itself. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like... That's brilliant. Very funny. Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a debut novel uh, for Nicholas Ames. There are two of these out in a planned trilogy. Um, I, think he, I think you were drawn to this uh, because he's Canadian. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> he was born in Wingham, Ontario. I didn't know that. That's and funny. describes himself on his website as he loves, loves black coffee, neat whiskey, the month of October, and video games. Oh, so we're basically the same person. I think he's you. You just wanted to put your own book on here. <laughs> it's my nom de plume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, no, this is fun, kind of honestly, like, book. I feel like I... Well, I would love to have written a book like this. I would have been very proud of myself if I had written a book like this. Um, and it's very impressive to me. I'm listening to the audiobook. The narrator took a little get a, getting used to, but now like he is Clay's voice in my mind. Sure. Um, and it is. Uh, uh, oh yeah, there's a little. Dwango said it goes to eleven. I'm like, yeah, a little spinal, a little spinal tap, tap in there too. A little, definitely a little definitely spinal tap. Dwango, good call. Good yeah. call. Yeah, good yeah. call. It's not quite as ridiculous, right? It doesn't quite, it doesn't no. go to 11 in its satire, but yeah. Moog, Moog is pretty ridiculous. Moog, Moog the wizard is mm-hmm. pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll, you'll, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, we're not going to get spoilery. Uh, Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Ames, our holiday pick, our December pick. Uh, and honestly, it's a great one because it's super fun. Uh, we oh, I, now- uh, one more thing. Oh, I sure. messed yep. up. It. I'm sorry. I messed up. It was Count Zero Orr who initially mentioned Spinal Tap, though ah. Dwango made the It Goes to Eleven reference. So just want to give credit where credit is due. All right. We are now going to get spoilery. So if you don't want to be spoiled on Mimicking of Known Successes by Malka Older, uh, this is going to be our wrap up of that finally. So you might want to bow out until you've read it or you're comfortable being spoiled. Get comfy because here we go. I love the comments you pulled because it's like a Thanks. rainbow of reactions uh, to this book. You're, if you had a reaction to this book, I bet your reaction is going to be represented well today. I did not. John Taloni actually had a very long reaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, 
that actually was, it was, he, he didn't love the book. Um, and he had a very long and well thought, but I, I couldn't like really grab a section yeah, that I liked like a, of it for like a, a standout a sound bite quote. version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you want to head over to the discord on the, on the final book wrap up, um, there's, there's, uh, his, his reactions in there, but I do have a John, John Trelawney quote in here as well, but let's kick things off with, with, uh, Gristle. Gristle McNerd said, I was reminded of the ruthless lady's guide to wizardry in that it was a detective story, but in a genre setting that was clearly mostly there as backdrop for the romance. I liked it okay. It was a fun little diversion, but not exactly a masterpiece. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's fair. I don't think it's trying to be a masterpiece. It's a novella, for goodness it's sake. It's a novella. <laughs> you know, uh, but and I didn't expect it to be a masterpiece. Uh, I, I liked it. Probably better than Gristle McNerd, but but pretty close to the same evaluation. Mm-hmm. Uh, three random Calvi says, "I like the book, but it's not a great book." This this felt like a very common refrain. Uh, it was short, but I like the idea of the home story and the coziness. Jupiter was kind of a fun place to tell a story, but I had a hard time with the platforms and understanding them or visualizing them. I think also being a novella, there wasn't enough development. I'm curious to see what the next book will do. I think it was a nice palate cleanser after the library at Mount Char. Mm, yeah, it did. It did work well in in that respect. I mean, say, saying it being a novella, there wasn't enough development is is like saying I wish it was a novel, which is almost a compliment. Like you liked it enough mm. that you wanted it to be developed more. Uh, so I, I I think that's a good review too. Ian, I felt. Oh, go ahead. I just want to say, like, I feel rather that I was impressed by the amount of development for a novella. And I thought that the, um, oh, golly jeepers, I'm going to forget both of their names. I'm going to have to pull up the names of, of both of the main, Masa and Plady, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. So I think Masa, is Masa the main character? Mm-hmm. Or is, yeah. So I think that um, she actually did quite a good job of, like, through backstory or through like reminiscing on their past history of giving some of that development that I think we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So I thought that was, I thought Malka Older did quite well at that. Another thing that I was very surprised by, and I don't know if I have this in these comments here, but apparently there was some confusion about what Plady's gender was for some readers. And I think because I was listening to the audiobook, mm. who was which was read by a female, and there wasn't too much distinction between their voices, um, was written by uh, read by a woman. Um, it wasn't conf- that part wasn't confusing to me, but I could see perhaps as someone who was listening or reading in text of there being more of a like what is happening here kind of situation. Um, but like in terms of like the romance and stuff. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't unclear to me. And I was, I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess, yeah, that could have been a little more, um, like not confusing. It's not the word I'm going for ambiguous. I I think it was intentional. Was it intentional? I took it as intentional because but I did so funny because I didn't even realize that I, was a thing. I listened to the audiobook and didn't know if Pleiades was what what gender uh they really? were. Really? Yeah. And that's it, it so took me a while to nail it down and go, oh, okay. And I was like, that's clever, because it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. And so, you know, that's I I took it as a little bit of a like, hey, these two are in love. Let's establish that first before we worry about what the gender is, because that doesn't really enter into it. Yeah, it just I never even thought about that conversation because I just assumed that they were maybe because I had seen the term sapphic romance bandied about <laughs> yeah, with that, regards to this book that I just I, I brought right. my assumptions to the table. Yeah, I I um, don't think that was in my head or or maybe I hadn't even seen that description yet. But um and then, you know, the development, I think what was there, I agree with you Veronica that what was there was developed well. I'm sort of taking what Calvi's saying here as would have been nice to have more characters or more development of side characters, which in a novel you could hmm. have, you could have had a B plot, perhaps more yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Ian said, "I loved this book and even used a book emoji to emphasize that Ian loved this book. The world building was to support the story. In some science fiction, the story comes second, which is not the case here. The setting makes everyone a climate refugee. Conflict between those who want to go home and those who want to build a new life. These underlying themes are obviously important to the author. Uh, John did say, um, I'm amused that one of the selling points of this book is, what if Holmes and Watson were gay? And I'm like, how many times did Holmes tell Watson, bring your service revolver? A code phrase if I ever saw one. (laughs) Uh, And then Tassie Dave said, I ended up really liking this book. One, two, three, four stars. Had to laugh when Platy objected to being called the C word. Smiley face. (laughs) As a socialist, I'd be appalled too. Wink. It was conservative. Yes. I did find the narrator's pronunciation of certain words a bit grating, though. August, which is used many times for a description of a person, is not pronounced the same as the eighth month. There were certain other words that I can't remember that also sounded off. I would read the sequels. I remember uh, that in the book. It is an alternate pronunciation for August. You can't you can August. legitimately say August. You don't have to like it, but it is an accepted alternate pronunciation. You don't have to like it. Um, so yeah, where did your oh uh, just said the C word is Canadian? <laughs> I thought it was communist. I mean, who who knew? No, it, it was conservative. So no, it was no, cons- I'm, I'm Playing, oh. I'm running with the joke. You're running with the joke. Yeah. I see. But I thought that was funny. I thought that back and forth was was quite adorable, actually. Yes, it was. It was very good. Yes. Um, what are your final thoughts on the on the um, you know, on the book? Uh, adorable, um, lovely, uh, atmospheric, atmospheric in multiple ways <laughs> because you're in Jupiter. Uh, I I love I loved it. I had a great time. I also don't think I would rate it as a masterpiece, but I didn't need it to be. I wasn't expecting it to be. Um, and that's not a criticism to say it's not. Uh, this this did exactly what it meant to. Um, tell me an entertaining, well-written story in an interesting setting uh, and give me something to think about on top of it. So it wasn't just... a Calling it a fun diversion, I think, minimizes the philosophy that is woven into it, which, if mm-hmm. anything, in a book this short, is really, really impressive that that much thinking and meaning and thought-provoking material was worked in. Yeah, I thought it was very, very cleverly done. I liked the characters. I thought the mystery was fun and interesting. Like it was, I was, I I did have some difficulty picturing the world building and understanding kind of like what they were doing, what their world looked like. I never had a problem with that, but I also don't like a lot of description. So I think that's just a me thing. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I enjoyed it. Yeah, it would be, it would be a four star for me. 
if I were to give it a star rating as Tazzy Dave did. Um, three and a half or four stars, I would say. I'd go f- solid four. I'm right, I'm right there mm-hmm. with Tassie Dave on that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everyone for submitting your thoughts and opinions and live chats. Uh, you really are the third co-host of this show. It's, it's incredible. So thank you for all your contributions and time and effort. It is hugely appreciated. Um, you're also our patrons and thank you for that. And if you want to help back and support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show. Uh, if you want to buy a book, use one of our links. Uh, we have links to bookshop.org and Amazon and they all benefit us. You can find a bunch of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram, X, and Mastodon at swordandlaser. And all of our discussions happen over at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser or on our Discord. We'll catch you over there, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!